0: Hey everyone, Phil here. In this episode, what I thought I would do is I'm going to look back on a blog post that I wrote back in 2018 entitled Finding Pinecones. Now the reason for doing this is I think that the content of the blog is relevant now and also I have some additional points and tips that I'd like to offer and you'll hear those after uh, you've heard me read the blog post. So thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Finding Pinecones Even though this may sound like the name of a cool new activity, maybe someone reading or hearing this can make one up, or maybe this is already an activity I've yet to see, it is not what this is in reference to. Instead, it refers to a moment this summer that reminded me that the small moments often have a bigger impact than we think. Two summers ago, I was talking with the fifth grade son of a summer camp director. And I was asking him what his best memory of camp was. He was about to go for the third year to a neighboring camp for the summer. Despite all of my assumptions of a possible answer, such as hanging out and hanging out with and making friends, waterfront activities, the challenge course, his answer was: one time, three years ago, at lunch, my counselor brought lemonade to the table, so we could have that instead of water. It was the best. This at first made me laugh, but I soon realized he was completely serious. This was not due to the rest of summer camp experience being terrible. He loved camp, but the small moments stood out to him and had more significance than any other. We often make assumptions about our programming and the impact it has on those we work with, creating learning outcomes and striving to meet them. But it is also important to be aware of those small interactions that would otherwise often walk right past us. Which brings me to the pine cones. This past summer I had the pleasure of working with a group from Iraq as part of the SIT School for International Training program. The day involved large group games, small group problem solving initiatives and the opportunity to take part in low and high challenge course activities. What people listening might see as a typical challenge course day. During lunch one student came up to me with a pine cone in his hand, a puzzled look on his face and a question. Phil what is this? This led me surrounded by students as I leaned in on my elder education experience and spent the next 30 minutes or so teaching them all about the forest. It was completely unplanned, didn't fit with the original plan of the day, but was mentioned more than anything else when debriefing the day with the group. This moment had a big impact on both those students and also on me. It reminded me that those small moments that are often unplanned and also are so often easily forgotten by us could sometimes have the biggest impact. So, take the time and find the pine cone. Okay, so now it gets to the reason why I felt like I wanted to share that blog post with you and some additional points and tips, things that you could immediately put into practice. Now going back to the SIT program, I think that many of us would see that day or I used to see that day as potentially a failure if I didn't get onto some of the challenge course elements. This is very obviously challenge course specific, but I saw those as um, what I should be aiming for. And if I didn't get to those, then I was failing the group in some way. We didn't get to have them climb. But what I did in that moment, as I mentioned, unplanned, unintentional, was just to listen to what they were asking for and give them what they were needing in that moment, which was me to talk about pine cones and other um, forest ecology. And I think that I felt at the time maybe I was failing because I looked at my watch and I, I, I realized I wasn't going to get to certain things. And I could see that were old, at the adult leaders of the group were also probably wondering the same thing. Like, Phil is just going to be talking about this for half an hour? When is he actually going to get them in harnesses? But to hear them say at the end that they found that extremely valuable was really, really powerful. I think that that's a, it was a good lesson for me about trying to meet the needs of the group. So a couple of strategies that I think um, can be helpful. One of those is eat meals together as a group. Now, we, they brought that stuff up at lunch, but I could have not been there during the lunch period. I could have set them off for lunch, and I could have gone and hung out with a fellow facilitators and talked about the plans for the afternoon, maybe helped set up some elements or do my own things, logistical things that at the time would have been important. But what I did instead was I took the time to sit with a group and just eat with them. And it's in those moments when people are eating and having conversation that actually walls go down and you sort of become more relaxed. I think that anyone who comes to a workshop, a high five, will remember the meals that we share together. Uh, open enrollment workshops, for the most part in the past, were always uh, breakfast, lunches and dinners as a group. And it's when you're doing those things that I think you pick up on a lot of good points and have great connection. So eat meals together is number one on the list. The next one is ask questions or create the opportunity for those groups to ask you questions through maybe an activity. So one is, this was, I I learned this from Nate Folan when he came and did um, some contract facilitation for High Five. But he came and uh, did worked with group, and I was shadowing him work. And he brought the group over to the course, and he just had them look up, look left, look right, look down, and kept asking questions. What do you see? And is there anything you'd like to ask me about? And I felt that was an important thing to do, and I've started doing it more often, even bringing adult groups up to a course, because when you bring them up to a challenge course or you bring them into an environment, they're always going to want to know questions. It doesn't have to be challenge course related, but they they might have questions. I remember working with a fifth grade group um, and as people can hear, I have an accent that is different than those in the country that I work. And so I just did that with the group. Does anyone have any questions for me? This is the first time you've ever met me. Anyone want to ask me anything? And it got a whole range of random questions, some uh, more appropriate than others, but I engaged in those conversations and answer those questions. And when you do that, you learn more. So give the invitation for people to learn. The last tip it would be another couple of activities that I found good as um, reference points that I can bring back to later in the program around people's comfortability, around certain things where they find challenge, where they find growth, and where they may be panicked. One might be using continuums or a spectrum kind of activity where you get them to line up dependent on where they stand in a certain statement. Uh, You could have, what is your level of nervous energy around climbing today? Is it very, very nervous at one end or are you very, very calm at the other and they stand on this line to represent where where they're at? And then another activity I like to use is something called challenge zones, which is essentially a simplistic version or simplistic look at comfort zones. You set this up by using two pieces of rope, one small length and one large length to make a bullseye pattern on the ground. The central circle represents comfort. The gap between that small circle and the large circle is called the challenge zone or the growth zone or the stretch zone or the learning zone. This is where our learning occurs. And then that outside boundary represents our panic zone where there's no spectrum, but the only thing that's learned is that I don't want to do this again. Now, the way that I use this activity is I give scenarios and have the group place themselves onto that the diagram onto that bullseye, wherever they would place themselves based on the scenario. So an example might be, how do you feel about swimming? And then they'll stand where they feel about swimming. Are they very comfortable with it? Does it create panic? Do you feel like there's some growth in that? Now, if you're concerned about uh, the age of the group and the appropriateness of what they're going to do, or if they're going to be honest because they see their peers in different positions, you can do this on a piece of paper and make this anonymous have sheets of paper individually given to them that have the balls are drawn out on it. And then they just have to mark on it with a a crayon or a marker the location based on the questions. And if you're going to do five questions, you have five different colours of marker, and they place that on that. And then they hand them to you, and these can be anonymous. But what that allows you to do is figure out in your group, wow, you asked a question about climbing, or you asked a question about having difficult conversations, and you could see there's a lot of panic in this area, or there's a lot of comfortability. That should allow you to read the group well and uh, be able to bring that into the work that you do. So uh, challenge zones. But in these, in these tips, the key piece I'm getting at is you don't really know necessarily where the group is going to take you, where, where you're going to end up. I think it's important to have plans and have a set awareness of where you want to go. But just be aware that things might change and that's okay. And then we're in the needs of the group. We're all in this kind of state of pivot right now. And this is just a reaffirming that from a facilitation perspective about reading the group and the importance of doing so. So uh, thank you for indulging me. Uh, I appreciate listening. Last little request from me. If you have any, if you know of anyone you'd love me to interview, especially in the education world, um, someone that you think is super valuable, we'd love to get on the podcast. Let me know, connect them to me. Email email me at podcast at org. That's podcast at H-I-G-H, the number five, adventure.org. Please connect us. We would love to have them on. Um, as well, if you have topics like this one that you'd like us to talk about, do that also. Let me know. Uh, we want to have this uh, really fit the needs of the group in the same way uh, that I just referenced in this. I want to find those pine cones, so let me know what those are, and I can help you out. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, enjoy your day. Stay safe. Stay connected. Bye. When we wake Hear the birds and see the sun Side by side our fears are done All the good times just begun Oh, um, we know what we have Let's hold on tight Found what we're looking for in life